0: Um, In 30 Before 30, uh, Marina takes readers through her list of life goals and shares personal stories about achieving them, ranging in scope from the simple, ride a bike over the Brooklyn Bridge, donate hair, to the life-changing, move to a different country, become internet famous. Each story shows readers that we don't all have it figured out, and that's okay. Told with humor and heart... 30 before 30 will entertain, motivate, and challenge readers to get out of their comfort zones and live their best lives. Please help me give a warm welcome to Marina. Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. Um, Wow, this is very wild. I'm... (laughs) a little terrified but very excited. I'm so used to doing stand-up so I want to be like thanks so much for Ben, tip your bartenders, um, which are the bartenders are also me so tip your bartenders. Um, I'm so excited to see everyone here. I don't want to talk too much about it because I'll probably cry so I've been trying not to cry all day but I'm very um, touched by everyone who came. Um, So anyway moving on from the tears, I uh, didn't really plan what I was going to say up here, I probably should have, but I did, um, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a good friend, Mike Ginn, who's here somewhere, and uh, he was asking me what I was doing for the book release party, and I told him I was going to do a reading at Skylight Books, and he's like, oh, I know Skylight Books, he's like, I just went to a reading where the author passed out during her (laughs) reading, so, (laughs) let's hope I don't pass out. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say. I also, I mean, I haven't had a mic in front of me for a while, so I'm like, ooh, I get to talk. Um, I talked to Kyle, the photographer, who's been super lovely, and he was like, you know, I was here a week earlier, because no one came on time because it's L.A., and I was obviously losing my mind, but he was like, I was here a week earlier, and and I was like, he's going to tell me some gossip about a writer who no one came, and I'll feel better because four people are here. Um, And he's like and there are only three people here I was like oh that's awful he's like well I thought it was your book reading I'd mixed up the schedule anyway so I'm very glad there are more than three people here Also, I want to thank everyone. I already did. Um, I wrote down on a little note card. Um, Oh, yeah. Afterwards, I'm going to Ye Rustic Inn, which is around the corner. Um, They have very mean servers and very cheap drinks. And uh, chicken wings. So, I would love to see you all there. Uh, And, oh... I wanted to do, in Russian tradition, it's a tradition to do a toast, and I realized I probably should have been like, everyone get a drink. There's Monster, of course, uh, sponsored by Monster and, and wine and uh, water. Thank you, Malcolm, for bringing water an hour after the event started. Um, to be fair, I like, texted him half an hour after the event started, I was like, bring water, please. Um, but anyway, can I have a, a white wine real quick? <laughs> helped me with this whole event Um, but anyway uh, well that's that's enough Um, (laughs) uh, so anyways a quick toast um, to the readers thank you so much thank you for coming and anyone who has drinks beautiful thank you (laughs) oh yeah feel free to like get up while I'm reading there's meat there's donuts. anyway Um, I'm going to just read uh, a few short chapters so that I can talk to everyone and move my purse. And the first one I was going to start with is the first chapter, because why not? So It's a few pages before the first chapter. Uh, Thank you to my manager, Tim, who decided to sit front and center. Very strange for a manager. Uh, (laughs) Thought they were kind of like behind the scenes, but... uh, Anyway, so... (laughs) When I was in the sixth grade, I used to smell like beef jerky. The smell, I'm sure, came from the thick leather jacket I wore every single day. Even during muggy Midwestern summers, I told everyone that I wore the jacket to be more like my idol, Michael Jackson. Which, now that I think about it, seems more embarrassing than the actual reason. The, the real reason I wore a leather jacket every day was because I was embarrassed about my arms. More specifically, the jet black hair poking through my skin like puberty weeds. The stiff leather of my jacket prevented me from mindlessly pushing up my sleeves and revealing my secret. There were times when it was hard to hide my condition from the outside world. Gym, for example. i change into the required t-shirt and shorts, then proceed to walk around with my hands interlocked behind my back. I was awful at dodgeball. <laughs> my hairy arms are a gift from my dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks to my dad who's here, I forgot to mention. <laughs> As if he didn't introduce himself to all of you. Um, a furry little European man who has enough chest hair. <laughs> I never thought I'd be like reading this to my dad. Uh, <laughs> a, a furry little European man <laughs> who has enough chest hair to cause a PETA rally. Uh, I used to bury my Polly Pocket in his hair, pretending like she was lost in a haunted forest. <laughs> I also got his thin wrists, short temper, skinny legs, and big chest. Our body type is bullfrog, our demeanor is bulldog. My mom, on the other hand, is a taller gentile with bare legs, arms, and God knows what else. It was always her objective to be as hairless as possible. I once walked in on her shaving her thin, wispy hair on her forearms. Are you shaving your arms, I asked. No, she answered while parting a sea of shaving cream with a pink plastic razor. My embarrassment about my arm spread to the rest of my body in the seventh grade. I was at my most beautiful friend Claire's house when I learned that there are a lot of parts to your body that you sh- and you should hate most of them. I knew Claire was my most beautiful friend because my mother told me that every chance she got. Uh, you know who's most beautiful girl in your grade? My mother told me while flipping through my yearbook. Claire. She followed, not waiting for a response. One day, Claire and I were in her den watching TV when she got up to use the bathroom. As she passed a full-length mirror, she moaned, God, I fucking hate my thighs. They're too big. She was one of the only 12-year-olds in my grade who sounded natural when she swore. I always sounded clumsy, like I was trying to pronounce a foreign word. I still do. I once called someone a flucker because I got too nervous in the middle of saying it. Claire's declaration was the first time I learned that body parts can be too big. I came home and examined my own body. My feet were teeny, my ankles were thin, my legs slandered, slender, and my thighs were not big. Then I got to my stomach. At the time, I liked to squeeze my gut between my hands until there was a vertical crease the, from the belly button down. It looks like a lady's butt, I'd scream at my parents as they shrieked with laughter. I'd jump on their bed and pretend to belly dance by flopping my stomach from left to right. Um, this is a little aside really quick. I once did a comedy show in New York where I was talking about being um, self-conscious about my weight because I was like what was my joke it was something like I don't want to lose a lot of weight I just don't want to have to tuck my stomach into my jeans in the morning and this woman in the back got up and was like you're not fat Um, so now I'm thinking that that I'm like I'm like oh I was so overweight but the only reason I'm in shape right now is because I'm getting married in a few months Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, can I... I can still see the two of them curled over in the fetal position, gasping for air. I stood at the mirror, squeezing my fat. Just like that, my funniest weapon turned into my greatest enemy. Woof. And my editor really wanted me to take out the word woof, and I would not take it out. I was like, it is fun, and I'm keeping it. Um, so let's see if we get a second book. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Contrary to what a man with shaggy hair and deep eye sockets once said, no one's body is a wonderland. We're all skin burritos filled with organs, blood, and bile, John Mayer. All bodies are gross. Sure, there are anomalies. I've seen Kate Upton, RuPaul, and Cher. Those three will always have better bodies than all of us combined. But I'm talking about you and me here. We're just normal humans, normal humans who don't have a team of professionals coating us in makeup so that it seems like we're somehow lovelier than the rest of the world. Maintaining and projecting a body that's considered to be a wonderland is unreasonable, unreasonable, is an unreasonable standard. I was like, is there a typo? Um, (laughs) Just my brain. Uh, And also a waste of time. I realized my body wasn't that big of a deal at 23 when I got naked on a beach for the first time. My obsession with nude beaches had started 10 years earlier when my dogmatic commitment to keeping my body fully covered at all times reached a snag. My sister was getting married and decided to have a sort of a family moon in the middle of summer on a beach in hot, hot desert country known to most people as Israel. Why does Lena hate me? I whined at my father as he delicately folded a white linen suit into his suitcase. A white linen suit to her wedding. Um, <laughs> I can't go to the Middle East. It's too dangerous and even worse, hot. He walked over to a drawer of Speedos and pulled two out. My mom came into the room to run defense. She grumbled while ushering me out, um, which is one of my favorite Russian phrases. It directly translates to stop swinging on your father, that's not why he hung himself. <laughs> 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 um... I heard it a lot as a child. (laughs) Am I fat? I asked my mom as she headed downstairs. Yes, but don't worry, Marina. She tried to console me. You're just in your ugly face. my mom meant to say ugly phase but it was too difficult for her to pronounce with a Russian accent no matter how much I petitioned to move the wedding somewhere cooler the location remained in Israel when we got off the plane in a lot I noticed something I'd never noticed before bodies, half naked toned glistening adult bodies, these were nothing like the bloated midwestern bodies I'd grown accustomed to seeing on the edges of Lake Michigan, they're exotic sea bodies sporting g-string bikinis, speedos and the kind of lightness that comes with not obsessing over what you look like my confidence had been demolished by the hordes of Russian women buzzing around my teen years. Women who, during the holidays, squeezed themselves into a pair of Spanx only to shimmy into their tightest discount TJ Maxx dress. They looked like sparkly sausages. These women would then wrap themselves in the largest, gaudiest fur coats their husbands could afford. They spent their nights huddled in doorways, chain-smoking, and complaining about how chubby their daughters were getting. I, of course, was one of those chubby daughters. I had developed the bad habit of snacking on mayonnaise sandwiches, and it was beginning to show. Uh, tipa praevelis, those same women would explain when they saw me, which directly translates to, you've gotten better. This compliment never quite made sense to me, but I accepted it all the same. Spasibo was my go-to response. I loved being noticed by adults. And I love being noticed. Still do. Um, <laughs> years later, I would learned that while tipa Privilis does indeed mean you've gotten better, it also means you've gotten fatter. I was blushing and thinking, people who are calling me fat. <laughs> I wish I'd seen the Israeli beach bodies as an invitation to embrace my own, but they felt like reminders to stay covered up. My sister's family moon forced me out of my bulky sweatshirts and into beach attire. Our first morning in a lot, I stood naked in my parents' hotel bathroom, avoiding eye contact with the wall-to-wall mirrors. My stomach had grown so rapidly that I had four lightning bolt-shaped stretch marks all pointing toward my belly button, ones I still have today. My entire family was already at the beach, or as my dad calls it, the bitch. Uh, I'm so sorry, Dad. <laughs> Should have like read this to <laughs> a photo of you before going up here. Uh, Russians take vacation bitch culture very seriously. <laughs> Starting at 6 a.m., they race, in hordes, to the hotel's meticulously aligned plastic lounge chairs, channeling Soviet-era grocery store intensity. They drag said chairs by twos, elbowing other Russians as they go, to the most ideal spots on the beach, next to trees, under umbrellas, near the bar, they line up their spoils and repeat this process until there are enough chairs for the entire family and some extra because you never know who will run into. To claim a plastic village as one zone, Russians will take every available towel including hand and face and their <laughs> hotel rooms and drape each one across the lounge chairs they've gathered. It creates a terry cloth chain of protections. Protection. The towels are then topped with knockoff Gucci glasses to finalize the newly erected territory. Back in my parents' bathroom, I shoved my tubby body into a bathing suit. The stretchy nylon fabric groaned against my girth. I then took a second bathing suit with a completely different cut and color and squeezed myself into that one, too. Voila, Spanx. I sucked in my stomach until my ribs were almost visible. Not so bad, I thought. I searched for a towel to cover myself for the walk to the water, but gave up quickly after realizing they were all the bitch. I I scurried to where my entire family, plus gaggles of gorgeous Middle Eastern men, were smoking breakfast cigarettes. My father was the first one to see me. He slid his sunglasses off his face. Why are you wearing two bathing suits, he asked. A valid question, considering normal people don't layer bathing suits. My chest tightened, busted. Are you saying I'm fat? I screamed before jumping into the pool to hide my body. Are you, are you saying I'm fat? Became my family's favorite response to any and every question. One that's still used today. <laughs> my dad literally texted me today and he messed it up and it just said, I'm saying you're fat. <laughs> it like took me two seconds to realize. <laughs> oh, Russian love. Gotta get it. Uh... My interest in going to a nude beach didn't come until later in the trip when I was on a scuba diving excursion with my uncle, 12-year-old cousin, and brother-in-law of five minutes. It happened while we were submerged underwater, the boys were off trying to do somersaults while I was screaming into my mask to see if anyone could hear me. I noticed that my uncle, cousin, and brother-in-law had stopped goofing around and were mesmerized by something above them. I flipped onto my back and I saw it a topless woman doing the breaststroke through the Red Sea. They were the first stranger boobs and they were magnificent. The way they floated in the water, two yokes converging and diverging. (laughs) All four of us drifted there staring. It's a fond family memory. (laughs) For different reasons, obviously, but still. I decided right then and there that I too wanted to be unapologetically naked like a foreigner. I wanted to have the grace and confidence of this empowered mermaid to be as self-assured in my own skin as she was in hers. I wanted to peel off my double-layered bathing suit and float through the water, bare-chested, without a care in the world. Um, And that's where I'll stop for this chapter. (laughs) Thank you so much! Um is a lot more fun than stand up because I don't have to make eye contact with people <laughs> um, and then I will quickly read uh, one more little quick chapter I actually wrote it um, I was going to say do we want to take a break and people can get wine but this isn't like a stage show so I'm just going to quickly read this and then we can get more wine um, so I had a goal to eat a meal by myself and I had eaten alone a lot as a child because I wanted to be Michael Jackson but um, (laughs) I also I wanted to eat a meal alone as as an adult and pay good money for it and just enjoy being by myself and so I did that four doors down at Figaro Bistro. I should have asked them to sponsor this, (laughs) now that I think about it. And so I'll quickly read that chapter, because it's uh, fun and in the area. Um, Okay. (laughs) There's something uniquely challenging and liberating about eating a meal by yourself, which is is such a privilege to say. (laughs) Um, Not the kind of meal you eat over the sink while watching YouTube. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's all going to shit. YouTube videos on your phone, but a proper meal cooked by a stranger. Brought to your table by a stranger and taken away by a stranger. There's an unhealthy stigma attached to being by yourself. In my unprofessional opinion, I'd wager it stems from kindergarten-era punishments, time-outs, and groundings. They all require that the culprit sits alone with her thoughts. Just the mention of eating lunch by yourself elicits universal pity. But why is it so bad? I mean, if you don't spend your time with yourself, how will you grow to appreciate who you are? That is very deep, you guys. Uh, Feel free to post that on your Instagrams. Please tag Marina. (laughs) I got it wrong already. Who cares? Um, So much of my early 20s was filled with people, parties, conversation, kisses, screens. Every inch of my schedule was packed with something. I couldn't go to bed without a podcast droning or even taking a shower without music blaring. I spent many years avoiding my own thoughts. The constant need for mental stimulation began to cause me anxiety. After all, how are you supposed to have any thoughts in your head if you're always filling it with someone else's words? But also just still listen to podcasts because they're great and I support them. (laughs) I wanted to get to a point where I was comfortable enough with my own thoughts to be left alone with them. Living in Taiwan helped. Oh, I lived in Taiwan. It's in the book. Um, (laughs) Please buy a copy up front. Not having a handle on Mandarin or reliable cell phone service forced me to explore a lot of the country by myself, including the culinary world. I eased into the concept of eating alone on a park bench. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you needed it that bad? Okay, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm already feeling this like author or diva thing. It uh, looks good on me. Um, <laughs> where was I why am I doing this I eased into the concept of eating alone on park benches and at flimsy tables wedged in alleyways but in order to truly conquer this goal I wanted to eat a meal by myself in America the greatest country where a meal <laughs> that was a joke but kind of not it's like very complicated because I was born in Russia so I could be there now but I also like America but not right now but you know let's not get into it um <laughs> I eased into the concept of eating alone on park benches got that okay uh <laughs> where a meal alone would be chosen and not forced. On a Thursday evening in June of 2017, I mean, I didn't have this finished then? Okay, it's been a journey. (laughs) My managers went, no. (laughs) We pushed the deadline a few times. I took myself to the Figaro Bistro in Los Files. The restaurant is French themed, so the servers are mean like my family. It sits a few doors down from the Los Feliz three cinemas, which is right there. I should have mentioned Skylight, I'm so sorry. Um, a revolving door of weird haircuts, exposed navels, and delicate tattoos. There's a lazy feel to the Figaro. They don't need to try too hard because they have the best real estate in Los Feliz. You have the movie crowd, happy hour crowd, theater crowd, and spiritual crystal crowd all buzzing around the same intersection. I sat outside at a table by the door between two groups engrossed in their phones, though for different reasons. The table to my right sat two women who looked to be in their 30s. <laughs> Gross, am I right? Uh. <laughs> Having a fight with a third woman, Kate, by text. See? See? The woman in the black shirt flipped her phone toward the woman in the white shirt who didn't look up from her phone. This is the problem. I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Kate, but this is what you do. You push people away. LAUGHTER I was bored I didn't have anything to look at. God, I'm gonna flip a bitch over this. Black Shirt began typing into her phone while White Shirt typed into hers. I shifted my focus to the table on my left. It's too late to do shrooms tonight, let's do it on Sunday. <laughs> a, curly man, a curly-haired man told the group, apparently 7.41 p.m. is too late to do shrooms. <laughs> and here I thought it was your 40s. Uh, Can't you just text Carmen? Can't you just text Carmen? A redhead with a British accent asked. I can't do British accent, only Russian, sorry. Uh, No, Carmen's boyfriend just died, the curly haired man responded. I heard it was her ex boyfriend, added a very hot woman, who I would come to overhear as an actress, but not from anything you would have seen. I'll just invite her to do shrooms with us and then we can go to Wee Spa, British accent said. The server, Jennifer, came to my table with my martini and left before I could order any food. It turns out that my favorite part about eating by myself is that I am invisible. Sitting at Figaro reminded me of my high school years, the aimless days spent under the radar. I missed the time before cell phones when life was rife with opportunities to quietly observe the world and connect to the minutia of the day. The girls to my right switched phones and copy-edited each other's text to Kate, while the table on my left was group drafting a shroom request to Carmen. I was the only one not on my phone. Anything to eat, Jennifer asked. She had 11 pens in her pocket, long auburn hair pinned back with a brown hair clip, coral lips, and drawn on eyebrows. Would I have noticed the way her nose slightly crinkled when she smiled if I was with a friend, passing phones back and forth? I wonder if I would have noticed anyone. Black shirt and how she fiddled with her gold engagement ring while trying to compose the perfect text. White shirt and the way her camo slippers perfectly matched her camo pants. Curly-haired man's incessant yammering about his new terrier, mixed Birdie. I started giving her probiotic yogurt because it's good for her little tummy he told the table as Bertie chewed on a gum wrapper under his feet <laughs> the way hot woman's pink lace bra peeked out from her beige cut off tank top I ordered a beet salad with goat cheese and was rewarded for my choice with a smile from Jennifer did you get a beet salad with goat cheese oh really Well, they went to Figaro today. This is uh, We'll talk about it later. Uh, uh, know that you have an audience, Marina. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to do shrooms, Hot Woman said. I want ice cream and then I'll go for a run. Get my night high that way. She put a cigarette in her mouth and began to dig, dig in her purse for a lighter. A busboy appeared out of nowhere to tell her she couldn't smoke there. She looked at him dumbfounded as if he'd asked her to eat her cigarette. The woman on my right settled on two separate we-should-meet messages to Kate. It took them an hour and 15 minutes to compose those texts. I wonder what it felt like to have the kind of privilege to spend an afternoon composing a text to a prickly friend. I mean, ditch the friend and write a movie, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wrote that in there, too. Uh... Black Shirt and White Shirt decided to treat themselves to burgers from a restaurant down the street. Jennifer, with the auburn hair and 11 pens, brought me my salad, then turned to the shirts. Anything else for you, ladies? Uh, we're good, just the check, Black Shirt told Jennifer. She pulled up an order menu on her phone and began listing burger toppings to White Shirt. Do you want avo, mayo, tomato? Yeah. And pickles? Yeah. And mushrooms? Um, yeah. Yeah, mushrooms. Meanwhile, the table on my right decided that Monday would be the day they would do mushrooms because there's nothing else to do on Mondays which is true in Los Angeles Uh, For a second there, it felt like we were all at the same table, sharing a meal and casual conversation about mushrooms. In a way, we all were, at least for a moment. But eventually, the women on my right went to pick up their burgers. They were replaced by an older couple who wore their glasses on the tips of their noses and loudly read the day's emails to each other. The table on my left disbanded shortly after deciding on Mushroom Monday, hovering at the corner for more cigarettes and conversation. I took comfort in my second stiff martini. At the end of the meal, I waited another 20 minutes for Jennifer to bring the check. The evening dinner crowd gathered at the entrance as the sun was setting. A busboy brought me my bill. I paid, said thank you to no one in particular, and gathered my things. Once safely across the street, I watched as Jennifer bust the table for two young girls with flawless skin and short skirts. Eating alone sharpened my wolf fangs and taught me the power of peacefulness. It heightened my sense of focus and connected to the people around me. The fear of loneliness is a strong one that grows each year fueled by our constant need to be digitally connected. And just like it's important to fan the flames of friendship, I've learned that it's important to do things alone. If you, It gives you a chance to fill your head with your own thoughts and strengthens a sense of security within yourself. I guess that's why 95% of people in Los Angeles meditate. Well, I, which I would totally try if you were allowed to eat while doing it. <laughs> and that is it. Thank you so much. That was... Um, that was so much fun. Uh, I was very stressed out and you guys made it wonderful. I, uh, (laughs) I made this, I paid $41 for this board because I was like... I had this like uh, grand imagination where I was like, oh, people are going to sign it with their goals and it's going to be very poetic and here's everyone's uh, <laughs> goals that are here. But I also made a, a little box, um, I didn't make it, it's a napkin box, <laughs> and little sheets where you can write a goal and your email and I'm going to email you in a year and make sure you did it. I was telling people it's because I like... <laughs> I, I really love emailing which is true I love to send emails and I love judging people if they have failed at their goals um, anyway and thanks to Ben who is right here and has something else to, do you have anything else to say No. If you want to do questions, not. oh oh right I was supposed to do questions I told him I was like I don't want to do questions because I'm worried no one will have them does anyone have a question Ben I told you I was like <laughs> Yes. What was the hardest goal? The hardest goal? That's a great question. <laughs> I didn't even prepare for questions and uh, I know all my goals very intimately. Honestly, um, uh, I had visit Russia. And it doesn't seem hard to buy a plane. It's like very weird because now Russia is such a trigger topic because it's uh, very relevant. (laughs) Thank God I'm Russian. Buy my book. Um, But my parents, uh, in the chapter I write about how my parents escaped communism and had no interest in ever going back to Russia. And I was like, I want to go there on vacation. Um, And so it was like very hard to convince them that I can go and I would be okay. And I went and wrote about it in the book. But that that was a very difficult. One and and quitting my job, I always you know needed the stability of work, um, but I'm glad I did because I got to meet I would say 75% of the people here. <laughs> um, Jack, do you have a question? <laughs> oh, that's that's another great question. Um, when I got an advance to write the book. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, uh, that is true. I did, I actually, when I was 23, I wrote the list with a friend because we both uh, hated our job and we needed, you actually have a, a 30 before 30, oh well, can you imagine if you did? <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, <laughs> I had the plan to, it was always going to be a blog I wanted to keep to challenge myself as a writer, and actually, interestingly enough, uh, when I had a video go viral, uh, some people in Los Angeles found the blog, and they were saying that they want to develop it into a TV show, and I would never imagined it as a TV show, but I moved out here, because I was like, I have a development deal, so I should uh, ruin my whole life and move to L.A., <laughs> And I actually have a part in the book where I say, every time I tell someone from Los Angeles that I moved here for a development deal, they just laugh at me (laughs) because it is not a real thing and you should not leave your family and loved ones to pursue it. But um, that didn't turn out as a TV show, but it did become this book and I'm so happy that I was able to do it. And you know, it still might be a TV show or movie. A lot of important people here, so. Um, Great. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> Carrie. Do you like that I'm calling everyone by name? <laughs> is there a goal that make it in the top thirty that, have? that I like? Is there one you have to out? Yeah. Of my thirty before thirty, Carrie. Um, <laughs> it is not as sexy if it was twenty nine before thirty. Um, <laughs> is there a goal I had to cut out I actually there is one I and this is embarrassing but I uh, when I wrote it in my early 20s I thought that I could become a street artist uh, like (laughs) like Banksy (laughs) and so uh, that was like part of an earlier list and I'm so glad that that did not make it in there Um, Ryan in the back did you have a question (laughs) Oh, my most proud of... I, I would have to say write a book, which is the last chapter, but... Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Bryce just yelled, fall in love. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of my future husband, and it's a very hard. Ladies, am I right? It's hard to find a good man. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. So don't sign this board now, because I'm just going to keep it clean. <laughs> but fill out go. Goals List and have wine and Tecate and Monster. Uh, and we, Malcolm was trying to get rid of it. And we have water now and all kinds of good stuff. Thank you so much for coming. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by.